0: Welcome to Done and Done. I'm Alicia, your hostess on this podcast journey, all things Dominic Dunn, where nothing is linear and everything is connected. Thanks for tuning in today as we conclude our month-long, a little bit longer, Palm Beach Chronicles series. We have had quite an adventure over these last few weeks investigating this sunny 12-mile island paradise. I did not quite intend for the dozen episodes in the last few weeks, but I do feel like we have set out our Palm Beach baseline. And alas, it is done. I loved every minute of it. I hope you did too. But the time is near to shift into another investigation. That one is starting next Saturday for you, which means today we are closing the door on our Palm Beach voyage with one of its grandest doms. Dorothy Spreckles-Munn, her home, her famous guest book, and Dominic Dunn finally, perhaps, maybe finding the real Palm Beach. Let's investigate. Dominic Dunn writes in Vanity Fair within the women of Palm Beach. While the real Palm Beach crowd tend for the most part to keep their pictures out of the shiny sheet and the other five publications covering Palm Beach life, except when they attend charity balls or committee meetings in preparation for the balls, the rest of the out-every-night population is not reluctant at all to pose as often as possible and some have become bona fide social celebrities, like Mrs. Helene Tuckbrighter, who is a regular first-nighter at the Royal Poinciana Playhouse, and the organizer over the past 20 years of 28 charity balls, which raised $10 million for assorted good works. Helen Bernstein, who writes a regular column for The Shiny Sheet, is the wife of the man who built the New York Telephone Building and the great-niece of Kate Woolman, who gave the skating rink in Central Park. A kind and witty lady, she is a perceptive observer of Palm Beach social life. Here, everything is sanitized, she said, sitting in the living room of her dramatic house overlooking Lake Worth. They pick up the garbage five days a week, Everything that's negative or not so great is over the bridge in West Palm Beach. One of her favorite themes is social climbing. About one of the most prominent ladies in the winter colony, she said, she's so desperate about it. She doesn't take a moment's vacation from it. Do social climbers ever make it? I asked her. To Dorothy Munn's house? No. No. But on the other hand, they probably don't even know who Dorothy Munn is. No one makes it to the top of the ladder. The successful ones make it about three-quarters of the way. Some fall back from fatigue, but a true social climber doesn't have the sensitivity to know it's only three-quarters of the way. Let me tell you something about social climbing. It's good for the economy. The serious social climbers underwrite the charity balls. The doors are closing in Palm Beach. In a few years, it won't be easy to see anyone. And friends, it's not. Sure, Palm Beach will continue to attract people wanting to spend their money for the chance to live in the, what is it, pre-heaven for the wealthy? All the rich folks. But alas, the real Palm Beach as we have discovered this season is a bit of a different scene. Exclusivity is the name of the game, and the grande dame mentioned here, Dorothy Munn, Dorothy Spreckles Munn, has quite a history. She's quite a legend in Palm Beach with oh so many spiderwebs. Dorothy will also marry a legend in Palm Beach, Charlie Munn, known as Mr. Palm Beach. He has a legendary home, a motto, and an even better guest book goodness, so many threads to explore. Where do we even begin? Let's go ahead and let our man Nick introduce Dorothy Spreckle's Munn from 1986 in The Women of Palm Beach before we go back in time a little bit more to round out all of these delicious drops. Dominic Dunn writes, Dorothy Spreckle Munn's house on North County Road is one of a pair of side-by-side mansions built in the 1920s by her late husband, Charles Munn, who was always known as Mr. Palm Beach and his brother, Gurney Munn, in the Spanish Moorish style, with large rooms, wide corridors, high ceilings, and majestic stairways. Mrs. Munn, in her widowhood, has made no concessions to changing fashion in interior decoration. Entering her house is like stepping back into the 30s. A maid opened the door and directed me to a stairway where the butler preceded me across an immense tiled hallway to a tapestry-hung library where Mrs. Munn, two male guests, and a companion sat in what seemed to be a tableau of a time warp. So big reveal here, our man Nick, is getting inside these gates to meet Dorothy Spreckles-Munn, and whoa, it's a time warp. There are so many wonderful threads in this one. This home is a motto, A-M-A-D-O, and it has a whole history before Dorothy, just like she has a whole history before Charlie Munn and this home. Where to begin this particular investigation into the real Palm Beach? There is a grand dame in lady form, it's Dorothy Spreckles Munn, and if there is a Grand Dame in the form of homes, it's Amato. Holy catch, y'all! Amato, and it's lipsticked 80 page guest book, which was kept through the years, all the dignitaries, all the VIPs, all the society heiresses. When you go to Amato, you enter, you sign the guest book, and if you're a lady, you pucker up your lip prints for the guest book as well. The guest book from this home, y'all know I'm into archival stuff, is simply a fascinating Rosetta Stone through decades in history of Palm Beach High Society, all lipsticked through in a myriad of pink and red and magenta colors. But it is not Dorothy Spreckles-Munn who is the first mistress of Amado, even though Dorothy is the one to donate this amazing piece of archival history, that guest book, to the Historical Society of Palm Beach County Archive. But what a story it tells. This home, y'all, Amado, it means beloved in Spanish. It was built by Dorothy's husband, at least her husband, who she marries in 1953. Charlie Munn, Mr. Palm Beach, does have a previous wife, and everybody's so connected. Let's see if we can make sense of all of this. There are a lot of connections that are about to happen here, friends. What episode are we on, 98? Now's our time to shine. Let's do this. Charlie Munn, or Mr. Palm Beach, as he is known for years, He's the son of Charles Alexander Munn and Carrie Louise Gurney Munn. The Munns and the Gurneys are big names in high society and mostly related to and through and from everyone. And we'll get to the point where they are related to everybody a hundred years from this point. Charles and Carrie do have some kids and two of these kids, Charlie and his brother Gurney, are going to build some homes in the building boom of the 1920s down on our sunny island of Palm Beach. Charlie Munn has picked up a first wife, though back a few years before this. Charlie's first wife is Mary Astor Paul. Mary Astor Paul is from a mainline Philadelphia family. She's descended in one part from the Drexels, lots and lots of money associated with the Drexels, also, lots of family, which is how Mary Astor Paul's aunt marries William Waldorf Astor. So, Mary, first wife of Charlie Munn, what a love story. She makes her debut in 1907, and Mary and Charlie, both from important families, will marry their fortunes, both in life and financial, together. This happens in 1909. Charlie and Mary have three children within their union. So 1909, they marry. 1919, their home, Amato. And just a heads up here Charlie and Mary Astor will be Splitsville by 1930, but not before building a grand project in Palm Beach Amato, meaning beloved. This home is located at 455 North County Road, and I don't know if it gets more Palm Beach than Amato. The home was designed by, you can guess it by now, for looking at 1919, Addison Meinsner. Premier architect of the time, the home, Amado, is built in 1924, Mary Astor Paul Munn, and her husband, Charles Alexander. Now, remember 1920, y'all? We are moving now from seaside cottages and hotel life in grand ballrooms to actually building grander homes to entertain in. Amato, built in 1920, and Luana, which is the home next door to Amato. Luana is built for Charles's brother, Gurney Mun. 1920, what's shaken down? The Everglades Club, opened by Paris Singer, has opened. Marion Wythe and E.F. Hutton and Marjorie Merriweather Post are building Golf View Road, Palm Beach is now becoming kind of a swinging new thing in a different way. Don't forget, according to some legends, the coconuts will start in 1920 as well. So this 1920 decade certainly begins to include an extra thread of exclusivity, the idea of being with our kind, being with the right kind of people, although charities and philanthropies and, as always, in Palm Beach, living a pristine way of life was shaping up all in this period. So this home, Amato, was conceived in European style. For a decade now, Mary Astor and Charlie Munn have been all over the world. They've lived in Paris for a long time. So this home in Palm Beach, Amato, will reflect the bits that they have seen from their own grand international adventures. And they've entertained everyone over time. And it is not any surprise that all those people they have entertained over time will come to be entertained at their new home, Amado in Palm Beach. Who belongs on their guest lists? All the Astors, the Hearst, the Hohenlows, the Tennysons, the Vanderbilts. There are a lot of liquor airs floating about the place as well. I want y'all to connect this in with Kennedy, who will make quite a large fortune within the alcohol business, but add to this Kathleen Dewar. She's married to John, lucky Dewar. They make the booze. Maybe an aperitif. Maybe that sure thing, Paul Dubonnet, can be found on their guest list too. But when a motto opens, here's the coolest thing. There is this 80 page guest book that people don't just sign when they come to visit the Muns. Ladies will kiss their lipstick prints into this guest book as well. Augustus Mayhew, bless him, will write in January 2022 for Avenue Magazine about this archival treasure of a guest book and how it becomes this intriguing and colorful piece of local legend. From Augustus Mayhew. About who the Munns entertain. More than just Ivy League and Mainline, Mary and Charlie's Circle included Cafe Society, Blue Book Notables, boldface Names from Walter Winchell's Column, and Lost Generation Moderns. Amato's 80-page guest book endures as a treasure for cultural anthropologists and gossips alike. I think we fit both of those here on Dun done & done. Continuing, inscribed by 20th century tycoons, aristocrats, and fourth wives with bold-faced signatures and Cupid's bow lipstick imprints from dames and dowagers. It is the ultimate kiss-and-tell page-turner. Pages, y'all, of signatures and lipstick prints in a veritable who's who. Who've we got, though? I mean, literally everyone. Duke and Duchess of Windsor, Mary Sanford, Rose Kennedy, all the Astors, all the Vanderbilts. When you know the names you're looking for, this whole little 80-page book unfolds into this entirely different world. Okay, back to Augustus Mayhew. Dorothy Spreckels, the second Mrs. Munn, donated this handwritten social register to the Historical Society of Palm Beach County Archive, where it sits alongside the... Whoa, I know, I just made a funny sound there. Sits alongside the Coconut Grove House's 1880s guest registers, the BNT's founding membership list, and a record of Marjorie Post's mar lago bedroom assignments for ambassadors attending the Red Cross Ball. But none of these other documents reflects Palm Beach's laissez-faire resort life as boldly as the Max Factor Shades immortalized in this singular book recording a unique visitor's ritual whose origins are long forgotten but were possibly inspired by the house's name which means beloved in Spanish. A motto entertained everyone for Marjorie Ulrich's Dropped by the social register when she married bandleader Eddie Duchin, they are the parents of current bandleader and social mainstay Peter Duchin to Mrs. Post. As Mrs. E.F. Hutton, in the second of her four marriages, Post went from the 1920s glitziest hostess at mar lago to become Mrs. Joseph Davies, an occasional Palm Beach house guest during the 1930s. She wasn't the only one who changed spouses. Those louses like blouses. Edith Tookie Mortimer, styled the Countess of De Dezopla during the 1920s, was renovated in 1929 and returned to husband hunting. Here's another connection for you, friends. Evangeline Johnson, was Mrs. Leopold Stokowski and then later Princess Zalstym Zaleski. At Amato, she could enjoy the company of her Spence School alum philanthropist and shipping heiress Alice de Lamar, who in 1927 funded the seminal book *Florida Architecture* of Addison Meisner, documenting the architect's original designs for his Palm Beach houses. Again, it's so much, it's so good. Remember, Mary and Charlie, though, do not last the test of time. The two will divorce in 1930, but Charlie, he really likes his home a motto. It's next to his brother's home, and Charlie really likes to party. Mr. Palm Beach. He's not going to stop his good time just because of a pesky divorce. Mary Astor Paul, after the divorce from Charlie, claiming abandonment, will leave Palm Beach and return to Paris. Remember, she and Charlie have lived in Paris for years, and Mary at this point will get married a second time, this time to famed aviator Jacques Allais. It is during World War II that Mary Astor Paul Mun Allais, Madame Allais, has a coded name in the war. She's known as Pauline, and she is crucial in aiding the French resistance. Mary Astor, fascinating story, all of it, but remember, hey, Charlie, Mr. Good Time, Party Palm Beach man, living large. Back to Augustus Mayhew. With Charlie and Gurney, both on the Everglades Club's membership committee, the latter also running the resort's leading real estate brokerage, Charlie became known as Mr. Palm Beach and a major domo for house parties with a revolving door of Harriman's and Vanderbilts, undeterred by Prohibition, the Great Depression, or World War II blackouts and rations. Charlie's ascot, blue blazer and flannel slacks placed him on best-dressed lists, and his dinner and a movie nights were coveted invitations. In December 1933, he reunited with Mary to introduce their debutante daughters, Mary and Frances, at a joint coming-out dinner dance for 600 guests. Six years later, tragedy. Pauline, the Munn's eldest daughter, died unexpectedly in Paris at age 29. As war clouds gathered over Europe, many of the Munn's friends fled looking for sanctuary in the United States. Charlie hosted an under-the-radar soiree for the Duke and Duchess of Windsor when he was stashed out of harm's way by the British as governor of the nearby Bahamas during their first Palm Beach campaign in 1941. As the town moved to a war footing, the Breakers was converted into the Ream Army General Hospital and the Biltmore Hotel became a Coast Guard facility. Residents enlisted for the armed services and the OSS, as well as volunteer, ambulance, and Jeep drivers on beach patrol. Even so, there was time for the Bath and Tennis's 16th annual tennis tournament. Remember Marjorie and E.F. Open their Bath and Tennis back in 1924. In 1953, Charlie married his longtime paramour, California sugar heir Dorothy Spreckels, who had been part of the Palm Beach Paris scene since the 1930s. So in 1953, here comes Dorothy. And again, she and Charlie have been keeping company for a while. By the time they walked down the aisle in 1953, but y'all, Dorothy Spreckles is 40 years old when this marriage happens. Let's talk a little bit about those first 40 years. Dorothy is a sugar heiress. She is a daughter within the Spreckles sugar fortune money. Adolph Spreckles is Dorothy's father, and Dorothy's mother is Alma. Alma Spreckles is known as the grandmother of San Francisco. The Spreckles family there, sugar money was and is a big deal. Their home in San Francisco, one of them at least, was the Spreckles mansion. After Alma Spreckles' death in 1968, that home was sold to Danielle Steele, famous novelist who made it her home for decades. This is only one of the houses that the Spreckles have. Their high society ride could take up an entire season. They build a lot of things. One of the most famous that has been mentioned a few times on done & done, the Hotel Del Coronado. The Hotel Del opens in 1888, which was the largest hotel resort in the world until Henry M. Flagler opens his Royal Poinciana in Palm Beach. Dorothy Spreckels will travel the world with her legendary mother, Alma. And will marry twice before settling down with Charlie Munn, Mr. Palm Beach. And when she does, y'all, there's just not anything that's going to get you closer to the real Palm Beach. I have a few legendary stories about Dorothy here. I think these two anecdotes really drill down the point that Mama always said rich people are different. <laughs> the first of these anecdotes is Dominic Dunn writing. People in Palm Beach tell the story of how one night Dorothy Munn walked into a restaurant where she was well-known and a favored customer. The restaurant was filled to capacity, and there was no table for her. The maitre d' was abject with apology, begged Mrs. Munn's forgiveness, and offered as an explanation that it was Thursday. Thursday? queried Mrs. Munn. Cook's Night Out, he explained. Oh my, do you mean to say that all these people are cooks? cried Mrs. Munn. That's one, here's another. In January of 1971, Dorothy and Charlie did bask in a flash of limelight just for a moment. They make international headlines when they will charter a Pan Am Boeing 707 to fly them from Paris to Palm Beach with their staff and a crew of nine. The flight will take 10 hours. It will cost $20,000. The plane will land at Palm Beach International with Dorothy Munn having downed a tray of martinis and hot dogs with French mustard. Oh my, our man Nick will get to meet this grande dame at her grand home when he is into his investigation into finding the real Palm Beach. By this time, 1986, Charlie Munn has passed away, but Dorothy Spreckles Munn still living at Amato and very, very much in charge of her realm. Dominic Dunwell write about this meeting. The acknowledged grand dame of Palm Beach, Mrs. Munn, sat tall and straight-backed in a tall and straight-backed Spanish chair. You must have a drink, she said, looking from me to her butler. Perrier, I said. Everyone's drinking Perrier, she replied. In recent years, Mrs. Munn has absented herself from active participation in Palm Beach social life. She doesn't go out twice a day anymore, one of her friends said to me. In Palm Beach parlance, That means she goes out either to lunch or to dinner, but never both on the same day. You sometimes see her at people's houses, although mostly people go to her. She still loves to play cards. And Dorothy did love to play cards, y'all. She is a crackers card player. She receives a lot of honors and awards for her card-playing acumen. And remember, this is late 1985, when Dominic Dunn is researching... This article is published in April 1986, so this next bit in which he continues is really very much a slice of the time. This is Dorothy talking to Dunn. You must tell us everything about Klaus von Bülow, she said to me. I don't think he did it, said her companion emphatically. Oh, I do, said one of the male guests. She was beautiful, Sonny, said Mrs. Munn. Please do hold on to the entire Von Bulow affair. We will be getting around to that investigation in short order. But y'all, it really all does connect. So Dominic Dunn, behind the gated walls of Amato, drinking his Perrier and meeting Dorothy Spreckels Munn. He will continue writing. Mrs. Munn is interested in writers and writing. As she has difficulty sleeping, she pays someone to read to her sometimes until as late as four in the morning. She had recently gone through the manuscript of a biography based on the life of her mother, Alma Spreckles, of the Sugar family, a dominant figure in San Francisco society in the early decades of the century. How was it, I asked. All the dates are there and all the chronological order of things. She crossed the Atlantic, she did this, she did that, but... There's nothing of my mother, her personality, how she was. My mother was a friend of Loie Fuller, the dancer, who was a friend of Queen Maria of Romania. And my mother and Queen Marie became friends and... Her guests sat and listened with rapt attention. I felt that I had finally found the real Palm Beach. And friends, I think our man Nick does, behind the gated walls of a motto and spending that time with one of the grandest dames of them all, Dorothy Spreckels Munn. Dorothy Munn will pass away January the 20th in 2000 in Palm Beach, one of the original and last of its Grand dames. Investigators, what a journey. We have been on this last month. Thank you so much for joining me on this high society ride. I am so grateful for your support in all the ways, for listening, for telling your friends, for your kind emails, for your kind reviews, and for your support on Patreon as well. We will be returning here back on the main feed next Saturday, introducing a whole new line of investigation, but really not so new because here at done and done you know nothing is linear and everything is connected sending all the love and thanks to y'all if you need a little bit more before next weekend please check out patreon.com/doneanddone for a few bucks a month you get all kinds of goodies like done drops and not done yet episodes we've got two of those not done yet's dropping this week over on patreon to conclude our palm beach chronicles before moving on oh yeah all the stories all the spider webs i can't wait to see you next weekend thank you again for listening and spending your time with me until we meet again darlings stay curious and keep on investigating thanks for listening to the done and done podcast a hemlock creatives production You can email us at doneanddone at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at podcast For further information about our episodes or sources, you can find us online at www.doneanddone.com. See you next week, friends.